teaching, um, I don't ever look like this. Um, and the other actually came to me, and I said, am I ready to go into an interview with Jesus? <laughs> but I would like to name the saints on this. I have never... Uh, um, but what's that in Owned a power outfit. And by chance, I mentioned it to Makwena Sabia. She's our employee assistance program nurse at the work. Now, Makwena and her family, they are actually very well known on Shoshangube because she, her, her husband is the pastor of a very big church there. And unbeknownst to me, she, she called a family meeting and Sabia sat around the table and she said to them, Dinda has never owned a power suit in her life. I would like to buy her one. And the whole family blessed it. And my friend and I are busy driving to Midrand and back two or three times a week because we were marketing our wellness events in September and everything. And one day we came back, she said, I want to go to Bonner Park, please, because we work there in Roslyn. And I, and I thought, what is that shop now? I need to get back to the office, you know. And I said, Makuna, what side must I park? You know, do you want to go to pick and pay or checkers or, you know? And she goes, don't get cross. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said this whole thing that her family decided she can buy me a power suit. And I don't, I don't like gifts. I'm a, you, my love language is give me your time. And I just thought, wow. And she led me, we went to Edgar's and this is how I look tonight. So I said to her, I'm teaching tonight and I'll wear the power suit and she's already got my photo. Yes. Took a photo. And so, so therefore, ladies and gents, I look very smart tonight. My interview with Jesus is going well. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Um, so, my first official job started on the 1st of August 1994. And I was appointed as a bikeneticist to run the afternoon shift 1 to 6 p.m. Um, in the executive gym of Megawatt Park, Eskom. And I remember my first check that I got, the total was 462 rand. And I think I, I should keep kept that check and framed it and put it on a wall. It just seemed so ridiculous, eh? 1994, 462 rand. So obviously I had to have a second job just to... <laughs> to get by for a few months. Um, but I genuinely loved, loved working at Eskom. I worked there for 10 years, 1994 until 2004. And I know, I know, our National Electricity Company has gone through a few things these last years. I know you're feeling when I talk about Eskom, but genuinely, during the 10 years that I was there, it was a profound proud feeling to work for this company because Eskom started going to every corner of the country, to every rural area and started connecting people with electricity. I felt so proud because I had to drive with my little car to every construction camp and go and exercise them and see that their blood pressures are still fine. So I drove to the most interesting and rural places there. And I also remembered in that, in that time, I sat in a movie one night and they run those adverts before the movie starts, and the Eskom advert came on. It was a very simple advert, but it was so profound. It started with a black screen, and I think there were music and a, and a narrator speaking, but as the advert started going on, the outline of the African continent started lighting up, 
And then later on, parts of the African continent also, you remember, thanks so much. <laughs> and, and parts of the continent started lighting up in the, in the, and the message was we are serving and connecting our continent. I, I was so proud, it was like, I, I think I punched the air like I won the Iron Man, you know, like, oh, this is amazing. So, so it was really amazing time, and I, I still love Eskom to the core. But 1994 was also the birth of South African democracy, and, and Eskom was one of the first companies to roll out affirmative action. It was a very fascinating time. But, and I hope you, you can appreciate this, Eskom was extremely sensitive to all us working there. There were about 40,000 people working for Eskom that time. And they decided to roll out a diversity workshop that each one of us had to go to. Now, as you can know, the word diversity in the 90s weren't that frequently used. So by the time it was my chance to go to this diversity workshop, I was so curious. What is this word diversity? Okay. So the morning I got to Emalashleni, that time it was still Woodbank, and we got to the conference center. And as I got out of the car, we were about a group of 30 people. It was every gender, every color, every form, every shape. And we walked into the conference room, and the tables were packed in a big square. And I thought, this reminds me of King Arthur, you know, that round table thing. No one is the head of the table, and everybody can look each other in the eye. So, yeah, and I remember the facilitator sort of dissecting the word diversity, and I'm like, oh, okay, is that what it is? Right, right, right. And then as the workshop went on, they started facilitating that every one of us started telling our story of how we grew up in South Africa. Sure. So many stories were shared that day. It sometimes felt like I, was a, like I was a fly on the wall. And sometimes I felt deeply ashamed. And sometimes I felt a relief. And sometimes I felt I can celebrate. And sometimes I just cried. It was such a powerful day. But I was so young back then, I didn't understand what impact this type of day would have on my life. But one thing that they also introduced to us at Eskom was the word Ubuntu. And, uh, oh, and Francois, if you can put up the first photo, and I don't know, um, but if I see this photo, because they, when they introduced the word Ubuntu to us, this photo was the one that they introduced the word to. Now, it's a photo of a lot of people sitting in a circle their feet straight and their feet <coughs> touching each other. So their feet were to the middle of the circle. But their feet also touched the one on the right and the one on the left of them's feet. So it formed a perfect but an imperfect circle. So for the guys that's going to listen to the podcast, you can actually go to our Facebook page because Han uh, posted it for us then. And um, so... And when anybody explains Ubuntu, they eventually get to this phrase, I am because we are. I am because we are. So when that starts growing, it's, it's, it's amazing. And then also when, when, when they started talking about um, Ubuntu, um, they said the following, and I'm actually going to read it, that I don't forget anything. You cannot exist as a human being in isolation 
um, it speaks about our interconnectedness. You are connected and what you do affects the whole world. When you do well, it spreads out. It is for the whole community. So this was the, the phrases and the words when we got introduced to the word Ubuntu. And, and I was so excited about this word. It was such a cute word and nice phrases and stuff. But you know what? I didn't know how Ubuntu felt. Neither did I know how it looked like. Because, you know, living in suburbia, we've got high fences and our doors are always locked. All right. Yeah, so, but I started to become acutely aware of Ubuntu moments because they told me this, and I've got the theory. So, a few things I experienced in my life. I had the privilege of going to a few traditional African weddings. And when you get the invite, typical pale face, how late must I be there? You know, for me, I don't know about you. And they would go like this, and you would think, okay, and you're there five to three. You know, you get there. And usually the wedding happens at the bride's mom's house. So you get to the house, and it looks like a normal day, okay? There's nothing going on there. And you get inside the house, and they are still preparing the food. Francho, maybe you can put the second photo on. So many times I felt myself helping preparing the food, you know? And, it, and it's like this. The whole community is there. It's in one room. And, you know, they, oh, shame, man, don't worry. <laughs> they, you know, these pots and, and every lady is there. And later on, these ladies arrive dressed to the tea, you know, for the, for the wedding. But now they're making the food. And I'm thinking, hmm, you know, when I'm, you know, stirring the pots, you know. And then eventually when the couple arrives around 5.30-ish, <laughs> um, although the invite was sent out, the whole neighborhood, the whole community comes out of their houses. And there's a thing that the, the bride and the groom walks together towards each other and then they walk together. And the whole community follows them. And, and you know, they just sing these songs that, I don't know how they know it, but they sing it. And they make moves. You can go to the second, uh, the third slide, Francois, and it, and it looks something like this. Um, it's amazing, and they dance, and they sing, and they, it's, it's amazing, and again, the whole community is there, there's enough food for them, um, the old tiny from the corner is there, there's young, yuppie people there, but everybody's there celebrating what's going on, and I thought, hmm, Ubuntu, and while I've got these beautiful photos, I found that when I go there with a camera, I don't feel like a so I'm always there with a camera taking photos, and they love it, so I love it as well. So I had these little experiences that I thought, wow, this must, this must be it. This must be Ubuntu. But about 13 years ago, thanks, you can, you can close it. But about 13 years ago, I experienced my first Ubuntu. I chose, I chose to become part of a counseling team at the church. We were called the C team, and we counseled, we were serving the teenagers of our church. And um, our motto was, care them back to Christ. I still get goosebumps when I say that, care them back to Christ. And, and what we did, I, I genuinely, and I don't want to brag now, but I genuinely felt we are making a difference, not just in our church, but in our community. Things like I remember being phoned at 2.30 a.m. in the morning. 
climbing in my car, driving to a house, counseling a teenager until the sun comes up. That, that was how we were, we were sold out to this team. And our team enjoyed, we really enjoyed serving teenagers. But we also had a very, very deep connection in the group, even now to this day, because obviously the group stopped a few years ago, but even now to this day when we meet up, it's like time had stood still. It's like, you know, we just saw each other yesterday in the church serving teenagers. And I always started pondering about why did this group work so well? Why were we so dynamic? We were so hardworking and we were very authentic. And I realized the Ubuntu theme was deeply ingrained into this, into this group. But, but how did it happen? And I want to share with you a few things we did on a weekly or two-weekly basis that I believe started just changing our, literally our DNA, if I can say it that way. Each year, the whole group came together and we had a storytelling day. So every person shared their what happened in their life, what times they had, and just who they are. And I got the feeling every time that I was sitting there with the microcosmos, there were sinners of all levels. One person had an abortion, the other one was a prostitute, the other one was gay, you know, stuff like that. And, and we had all the, all the type of, if I could call it the sinners then, I knew, oh, okay, if I get a troubled teenager that's, that's got this, I can easily send them to this guy because he would serve them better. And that's how we worked. So the storytelling really helped me. And like I said in previous teaching, I am not a soft person. I'm not a huggy, butterfly person. But it really helped me to, to develop empathy. And I started really falling in love with these people in this group. And then we came together every week. But every second week, you, you, you were paired up with one other person in the group. And you had to do three things in the following two weeks. You had to meet for coffee. So you had to make a coffee date with a person. And obviously, with a coffee, you started chatting. Am I right? And then while you were chatting, you would pick, ah, oh, this is your need. And so you would pray for each other in those two weeks. And then thirdly, we must go to a high school in the community and let's pray for the high school. And I genuinely believe that with these simple actions, our interconnectedness in this group grew. And I was because we were. I had to speak in the past because I'm not in the group anymore. But I was because we were. So that was my first thing. Oh, this is how Ubuntu looks and feels. So this was one of my, one of my experiences in Ubuntu. But... Can we now tonight as Jesus followers, okay, I must now bring it back to the Bible, okay, else this is just like a little social teaching. Um, can we find Ubuntu in the Bible that is alive and well? And I just thought, well, I'm just going to ask you the following question. Like the following. Was Jesus authentic to everybody? Was Jesus vulnerable to his community? Did he pray for others? Did he share stories? Did he serve destitute people? And did he share meals with people? And I definitely think Ubuntu was embraced in his time on earth. I think we just, 
the African people just captured that word. But the answer is definitely yes. And for me, the principle of Jesus is Ubuntu was actually summed up in Matthew 12. If you want to turn to your Bibles or open your apps, Matthew 12, verse 28 to 31, and Francho, if you can put it on the wall. Um, he said the, it starts like this, Matthew 12, verses 28. One of the teachers of the law, so we know, Han, if I'm right, you and Nick, as the Pharisees, they teachers of the law, will, will it be one of those? Yeah. Okay. One of the teachers of the law came and, hid, um, and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Matthew 12. From verse 28 to 31. And third place. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Does this not sound familiar? The heart of third place is love Jesus, love others. And I think we're getting a bit too used to those words, hey? Oh, it's just a word there. Love Jesus, love others. Can you see from where it came? So guess what? You are in a community that is proclaiming Ubuntu. Our feet are touching people in our perfect imperfect circle. And do yourself a favor, I actually went on our website today, <laughs> www.thirdplace.co.za, and it states the following. The absolute essence of our faith is that it is relational, connected, because that is the very nature of the triune God. Our experience of God is wrapped up in our experience of each other. We cannot fully experience God alone. I nearly lifted my hands there and said, Amen, you know, when I read that, and I'm like, I can stop the teaching right there. <laughs> So, if you are new to third place, or if you've started getting too used to third place, <laughs> how does Ubuntu or slash love Jesus, love others look like? It is when you join us here on Sundays for a teaching. Um, it is when you share your story of the saint. Um, it is when you offer someone a second coffee while you're speaking outside because you can click, this person needs your ear. It is when you pray for someone that said to you, I am so nervous this week because of this and that. It is when you bring diapers to third place because we know of a destitute mother that needs it. <coughs> it is when Marguerite stands up here and says, guys, there's students that need perishable, non-perishable food and it's getting winter, please bring some warm clothes. It's when you drop that off. 
it is, it is <laughs> when Ilza says, I've got a, I've got a kitchen, uh, there's a kitchen, a soup kitchen on Fridays, and I need loaves of bread, and you come here with loaves of bread in your hand, and you pop it off in a corner. It is when you give your 60 bucks, and you take a jacket, and you drive around, and you see a guy that's getting ice cold, and you hand the jacket to him. That is love Jesus, love others in third place. And uh, it's also when you invite a couple or a singleton for dinner. Please do it. I don't cook. I'm, I'm up for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> and the one thing I want to tell you is do not wait that it's done for you. You just take the first action. You get here for coffee. Start talking to someone. Be a third placer. Love Jesus, love others. And who knows? Your hospitality might lead to your salvation. Let's pray. Here, thank you. Thank you, Here, that I so amazing is. Here, I could so have with you damn teaching. In for ochend, ek sal gepraat het oor bome, heren, en ek sal gepraat het oor weddings, en toe vir ochend besef ek dis Ubuntu en Eskom. Heren, dankie, dat u die eerste voorbeeld en die enigste voorbeeld vir ons is van Ubuntu. Dankie, heren, dat u saam met ons, dat u sit with us in the circle and that your feet are touching our feet. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough and that you are an example that we can love others. Please, Lord, touch our hearts that we take action. And touch our hearts that we can love and be your hands and feet. And may those actions lead to our salvation. Here, thank you that you first love God. I put it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, there's more coffee. And there's a hand in the air. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, what's so powerful for me, especially about that photo with the feet, yes. it's especially white's feet, is it's not that, that clean makeup face, cheek to cheek selfie. <laughs> yes. It's the sweaty, dirty, naked feet yes. that's touching. That's and that's it. also Ubuntu. It's not the, the nice, but yes. flockige. That's it. It's a deep. The dirty of everyone that comes together. I'm getting worthless. I'm getting worthless. You're right, and it's and it's and it's dusty feet. It's dirty feet, and and I'm just remembering now in, in biblical <coughs> times the biggest thing you could do for your visitor was wash their feet. Hey, yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Sorry, apart from the coffee, any other remarks? <laughs> I always forget that. Any questions? Thank you so much for being here tonight. We, we really appreciate that. Please enjoy the coffee. And Muriel and, and Pat, they were the coffee champions. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, guys, enjoy. Thanks. <laughs> 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 